Hi, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I am your host, Joanna LaFleur, and wow, what a week we've had. COVID-19 coronavirus has taken over what feels like a lot of our lives. And so I thought that I would bring you a special episode of the podcast. We weren't planning on starting season four um, for a couple more weeks, but um, a lot has changed about all of our plans in all kinds of different directions, hasn't it, in the last days and weeks. And and for maybe for some of you, I know some listeners are in, in Europe, maybe for some of you, this has been going on longer than has been in North America. But whoa, okay, this is changed a lot about life and therefore has changed a lot about what we're talking about in terms of communications and creativity in the church and how the church in this time can bring the best news in the world more than ever before. Uh, And so I have today a panel of some people. I grabbed some friends who are church communicators who are experts at this and I wanted to just jump on a conversation with them and wanted to bring that to you um, because we've been talking all week. You and your teams have been talking all week, whether you're working in this field or uh, of communications and creativity as a as a creative person or a communications person, a digital content creator, uh, or uh, this is just something you listen to Word Made Digital because you just love this kind of conversation and you're interested. Uh, we've all been busy doing this kind of stuff in our work this week. So wanted to bring to you Ben Stapley, Katie Allred, Kenny Jang and Dave Adamson. So Ben Stapley, if you don't know him, he is the Weekend Experience Director at Christ Fellowship Miami. He also is a fellow Canadian, which is kind of a fun fact. He's worked at lots of churches doing lots of media and content all over North America, but he finds himself now living in Miami. Katie Allred, she leads churchcommunications.com and the huge Church Communications Facebook group. You'll be familiar with both of these people from being on the podcast on previous episodes. She's also a professor at University of Mobile, Alabama. And uh, and also we have Kenny Jang. He uh, here's some here's some credentials on him that I think are amazing. He he lives in the entrepreneurial world for church a lot of the time, but he is an MDiv from Princeton and an MBA from Columbia. This guy knows what he's talking about, and he is a friend to church communicators, and he's a strategist for entrepreneurial work within the church and forward looking, future looking work in the church. So he's a great voice to have on the call today. He jumps in a few minutes later than everyone else because he as we all are quite busy he's coming from a previous thing as he joins us kind of halfway through our chat he also leads church communications a facebook group that has like 22,000 or 25,000 people as part of this group so they know what they're doing in terms of mobiling people mobilizing people online finally we have dave adamson if you don't know dave he's a social media pastor at north point church in atlanta he's originally from melbourne australia and he's a longtime advocate of social media and live streaming and youtube and how to use that for church so these are real experts in the field and i had a privilege of jumping on for a little under an hour with these guys um, within the last couple of days. So whenever you're listening to this, I don't know if you're listening um, and lots has changed because things te- seem to be changing in some ways day by day. And so I hope that whenever you lean into this, that the conversation is going to give you practical tools and also some encouragement for how you do your work and also how uh, we live as leaders in this time. So there's uh, there's no sponsors on this episode of the podcast. My sponsors are, you know, doing their own thing, made, made sure to uh, reach out to them just to encourage them. I'm praying for them. They're not just uh, sponsors. It really is a partnership. You know, it's a privilege to come alongside alongside Compassion and Wycliffe College and, you know, a number of other organizations at this time, just to cheer them on and offer anything I can in terms of my expertise. So cheering them on if they're listening, praying for them and their leadership team, love them very much. But this podcast, uh, it comes comes to you a little bit more raw and uh, hey, let's just dive right in to the conversation with Ben, Katie, Kenny, Dave, and myself. Hey, my friends, welcome to um, a quick coronavirus episode of Word Made Digital. I suspect we'll probably do a bunch of these. We're all we're all kind of trying to produce content to help as many people as we can. But why don't you say um, who, who we have on the call? I'll introduce. Um, I'll do that in post so we don't have to, to go into that. But um, OK, so there's been a huge change in the last few days in the world. And I really want to get your, your insights as a collective. And whenever Kenny Jang joins us as well, we'll, we'll have him 
uh, and all his great opinions. But what are you seeing right now? How is the church pivoting? And what are you excited about in that? I'll jump in. Um, the biggest thing I've seen and I'm being excited for is obviously the additional, um, the exclusively online content, um, not only the content, but an allocation of staffing and volunteers as well to accomplish that. So I, I think that's been super exciting to see is that movement there. And then coupled with it, I think we are have been forced to think about our outreach and our community engagement strategy in a much more realistic format. So in other words, um, we opened up shop, people would come to us. Now that shop has been closed physically, um, we are forced with the reality that unless we are out in the community and ministering with people in a very tangible, practical way, we are not being the church God has called us to be. I think that's the thing that I've seen the biggest pivot on and, and the positive excitement there that we kind of lulled ourselves in the past that we may not have been the, the feet in the hands of Christ as much as we thought we were. And there's a little bit of a, a wake up call and a come to Jesus moment for us, which is being powerful. Hmm. Yeah. What do you, what do you think are like those like gaps? Like when you say we, we haven't maybe done some of that gap that's starting to get filled in. I think just very, a very practical follow-up, at least for, I can speak from my, um, my perspective and my reality. Um, here at Christ Fellowship Miami, we are having a lot more intentional follow-up with our guests. So, in the past, they would come and we would high five them. Our follow up system wasn't the strongest. Now we, because we have the additional time on our hands, we're doing a lot of follow up with with um, home visits where we're still keeping our six feet distance uh, currently, and and then obviously a lot of phone calls. The, the whole staff has been mobilized towards reaching out and calling people, checking in on them, um, giving them that pastoral care, that intentional one on one pastoral care that we didn't have the time or didn't make the time for in the past. That's a very practical way that we've changed. Yeah, when we're talking about pastoral care, Dave, I'd love your insight into this because you've been, you know, the evangelist of online and all this kind of stuff for years. But what are some ways that maybe you're maybe you have examples of what people are actually doing, but what are some ways that people can not just think about the technical side, but actually like how to run a service online, uh, but really like uh, the pastoral side? How what are some things you're seeing or advising on how to care for people on the Internet? Yeah, that's such a great question because uh, so much of us, uh, so many of us right now from a capital C church point of view are more focused on the production side of it and what is required from a platform point of view, what's required from a gear and hardware point of view, that it is, it could become very easy for the church to stop or miss the opportunity to to care for people and engage with people uh, when it comes to, you know, them being in their homes and them being isolated. One of the things that you know, I'm most excited about is, you know, isolation breeds creativity. And so with the whole world right now being isolated, I really think there's going to be so many creative elements that come out of this season. And I hope that that's, that's the, the case, case for the Capital C Church as well, because this technology has been around for a long time for us to stream our services. And, and there are churches all over the world who are streaming, who have been streaming services, posting to YouTube, doing Facebook Live, all that sort of thing. So there's a bunch of churches that are now starting to catch up. But to step into that space where we can pastorally care for people who are going through a crisis, this is a, this is a moment in, in time unlike any other moment that we've ever had where churches are trying to uh, lead people in, a, in, a, in an era that they've never been through before. Um, and so there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. And so I would be encouraging churches and pastors to make sure that they're leveraging any digital tool they have, whether that's their Instagram account, their Facebook, their Twitter, their, their YouTube accounts, get on your phone and start texting people and, and text people encouragement. Let them know you're not alone in this. We're going through it with you and provide some sort of uh, level of engagement that otherwise we may have missed because we don't have time to drive to a Starbucks and have a coffee with somebody, but we can do all of those things. This is the great thing about the technology we have, right? We can do all of these things using online tools like social media and so I would be encouraging all churches to, to, to dive into that space, not just from a production point of view, not just from a live streaming point of view, but leverage your social media channels to care for your people. Get on and do an Instagram live every other day. Get on and do a Facebook live every other day and just say, hey, how can we be praying for you right now? One of the things that um, you know, I've been doing for a little while is just giving out my phone number to people on my social media accounts and saying, hey, text me if you need prayer. 
that has gone up exponentially uh, in the past week or so with people just wanting that physical connection to somebody like, sorry, the digital connection to somebody to say, Hey, I'm here and I'm praying for you right now. So pastors, please start leveraging your social media for things other than just taking photos of your food or taking photos of the TV show you're watching while you're in, in this, uh, you know, in this isolation moment, but actually leverage it to start pastoring for people as well. You guys have heard me say this. Katie's probably going to roll her eyes when I say this because I've said this so many times, but the apostle Paul leveraged the technology of his day to pastor people who are hundreds of miles away. We have the opportunity to do the same thing, to use the technology of our day to do that. For Paul, it was letter writing. For us, it's social media. So we need to be like the Apostle Paul now more than ever before and leverage technology to pastorally care for our people, to grow them and to keep them connected to the wider community. Right. And question for you, Katie. I just was seeing a mutual friend of ours, Rich Birch, posted a video today about encouraging pastors to communicate more than they think they should yeah. uh, or like, or like on a normal week, you might send out an email. Right. So, so Katie, do you think we can over communicate in this time and no. what could, uh, what could a positive flow of communication look like? Honestly, uh, I love what my uh, home church at Brentwood Baptist is doing. So every day, Mike Glenn is going and uh, doing the devotional, the nine at nine, nine minute devotionals at 9 a.m. And uh, he's just, you know, communicating with his people and uh, praying for them and just sharing uh, God's word with them. And that's a Facebook Live, right? And that's a one to one connection. But I do encourage pastors to start zoom rooms and just leave them open and just be there. Mm-hmm. Um, or even scheduling small group leaders to be in these zoom rooms, one like one day a week or something like that, just so that somebody's there to pray with someone or just talk or whatever. We opened up uh, the co-working space for ChurchCom uh, yesterday and just found that so many people are so isolated. They really need someone just to talk to, even if it's not about what you're going through at all. And so I recommend creating these many-to-many connections instead of just the one-to-one. Facebook Live is very one-to-one. It feels sometimes, I mean, of course, you can comment and stuff, but I know pastors are like, I don't like preaching to an empty room. I don't like preaching to my video camera. We don't have to, right? You can use these other technologies so you can actually see the people in the room and see their expressions and talk to them if you want to. There's there's a lot of different ways we can utilize different technology rather than just doing the one-to-one. We can try to do more many-to-many connections. Yeah, Katie, I love what I love what you're saying there around um thinking of different approaches to communication. It doesn't have to just be one way. And so Ben, maybe this is what you can speak to because I saw you doing this thing on a whiteboard. Mm. Talk to us about how a digital only service or content production changes the format. Like the media if the medium is the message. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it's only online and not just recording a real live church service from the back of the room. Yes, way to connect, uh, quote our famous uh, Canadian brethren there. Thank you for that. Um, the and for, from a communication standpoint, I was going to piggyback off of what Katie said. Is that the a lesson learned for us? Um, we've been telling our staff um, three, three things for communication: is to is to over communicate, cluster communicate, and deadline communicate. So over communicate. We've we've continued. We thought it's clear congregation still not clear on what's happening when. So the over-communication is, is fine. Um, the, the cluster communication, at first we trickled out our communication. So it was like, we, we, we thought of one thing and we communicated that. And then the next hour we thought about something else and we communicated that. And it, people were just like, can you just, you know, at noon, give me an update what's happening and how things have changed and cluster all your communication because I'm just getting inundated from these texts and these emails because you're not putting it together. Uh, and then the other thing we found really helpful for us was deadline communication, where we don't know what's happening for Easter yet. We're, we haven't made that call, but we're going to make that call this coming weekend, and you will hear it during our online service. So we've even given people that deadline where we, they, they're asking that question, and instead of just doing this, we're at least giving them a deadline by which they will get that information. We found that that's super helpful. Uh, now, in terms of the, the experience, man, this is, I, I want to hear from Dave as well. These are exciting times. Because we've thrown out the, hopefully, we've thrown out the rule book in terms of what that experience can look uh, to be. Uh, I was with my weekend experience team on, on Monday for about three hours. We just went through the whole thing. So worship is exclusively online. What do we need to change? Well, we probably need to tell people it's, it's still worship. 
if you're just sitting in, in the room and watching, because people are asking, they're saying, does, do I have to sing off key while I watch this for this to be official worship? Um, no, you, you can let this music pour over you. You can, you can meditate on these words. That is an act of worship. And so we had to like script verbals for a worship leader going into that worship set. Um, what does it look like? Um, in the past, we would have, this coming to your, back to your question, when our communicator would reference a photo or a graphic, we'd have a stage monitor beside them. Well, we're not going to do that anymore. We, instead, we thought about the, the news anchor um, thing. Hey, do we, do we go picture in picture and use the broadcast model? We wrestled that for a while, and we thought, well, if, if that's the main thing, if the, if the image is the main thing they're talking about, it's, it's a picture of my, my cat, why don't we rever reverse that paradigm and put the communicator small picture in picture and then the cat big? and flip back when it's just a communicator. So I don't know if that's the right way to go. That's the way we're going to go this weekend, and we're going to see how it looks and feels. But it's it's exciting to go through beat by beat in terms of what your experience is, how, how does it get changed, and what are things that you need to take out, and what are things that you need to put in there. These are conversations that churches need to be having, having now to make the most robust and engaging experience exclusively online. Awesome. Uh, Kenny, welcome. Kenny's joined us in this conversation. And I'd love for you, Kenny, to speak into how you're, how you're predicting the rules of the game are changing for churches and digital. Um, I think I see you a lot as a futurist, a future-looking um, <laughs> prophetic voice in the church. Uh, whether people like it or not, you can see the future before it happens sometimes. So what are you seeing as the rules of the game being changed as we're like day by day, as we're adjusting to this, what are you thinking is going to be happening? How can churches get there quicker? Yeah. Um, I think this is the great awakening. We're going to have a shakeout of churches. Um, I think Dave Adamson is on the other side of this conversation that we had the other day, but I think there's going to be a great shakeout and this is going to be a time where, um, there's going to be a boon in real estate where people are going to be able to buy the land of churches that are going to fail throughout this period. I, I think there's this chasm between where we are today and where people are going to survive. It's larger than people think it is, and um, people are not prepared for that jump. And so either you need to put on your seatbelts, strap in, and get with the program, get online right now. Um, otherwise you're going to be left behind in a serious way. And I think this is one of those things where it's not just a joke. Like we used to say, uh, you know, you, you're probably too young for it, but we used to joke when you go to your parents or grandparents house and uh, there's a 12 o'clock blinking on the VCRs because they didn't know how to even program the, the, the basic clock on their VCR. Um, they were left behind. This is happening right now. And so um, I'm talking to churches even this morning who are thinking of literally thinking that they're going to have a service in their building still this week and that they're planning Easter might still happen. They have a contingency plan that they might have an Easter service in person on April the 12th. Um, I'm saying wake up America because this is a new reality. I was on a zoom call with Katie and our art church communications group for uh, 12 hours yesterday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and everything that we heard coast to coast and internationally in that room says exactly the opposite. And while we were on that call, California last night called it. I don't know if you guys were still up. California called it, and there was no even warning or curfew. Effective immediately when it came out, effective immediately, you have to be now quarantined in your house. No travel on the highways or roads, $1,000 penalty or jail. Um, come on, like, let's wake up and get with it. How's that for an intro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unprecedented change and, um, we need to be using as much common sense and information as we can to make these decisions. So Dave, you're in, you know, a huge and well-known church. Um, I'd love for you to speak about what North Point is doing. Um, and, 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 and are you doing, maybe you aren't yet, but is there anything you're doing in thinking and discussions around these smaller churches that um, are affected in a, in a different kind of way than the bigger ones? Um, how are you helping them? Or maybe you haven't even gotten to that yet, but I'd love to hear what North Point's doing. 
Yeah, actually, most of my time this week has been uh, working with our partners, uh, our North Point partner churches around the US and in Canada, and even around uh, the world. I had two phone calls, uh, two video conference calls yesterday and the day before into Australia, where I spoke to, you know, probably over 100 churches, um, trying to help them. So, so for us, you know, we've been doing the live streaming thing for a long time now, um, and we've got that side of things really down pat, and, and I'm so blessed that we we have that. But we really want to be helping those smaller churches who maybe haven't thought through any of this technology before. So, so when I'm having conversations with church pastors who who have never done live streaming or who have, uh, you know, uh, don't know exactly how they're going to be handling this situation from week to week. The thing that I keep saying to them is we need to have some sort of paradigm shift as church leaders that uh, typically we have been events-based organizations, really. Uh, we, we have an event every Sunday. Maybe we have a midweek event as well. And, and all of our time and resources and staffing and budget goes towards those events specifically, or at least a large majority of them. We have to stop thinking like an events-based company, company now. We have to start thinking like a media and a media distribution company. And how does that look? What does that mean? When when I watched the Today Show uh, here in Atlanta earlier today, you know, what I'm seeing is one host is in the studio, the other host is at home with a backdrop and they're doing the weather in the next person's kitchen. You know, they've figured out that you don't need to overproduce things to get the content out. Yet, Churches are still wondering about, hey, how do we get cameras into our auditorium, which is going to be empty and have all the lights and, and, and do all of those bells and whistles? Like, I don't think that's what people want at this point. They want the content and we need to be, figure out how can we create that content on a budget? So then whatever size church you, you're at and how can we distribute that on a budget as well. You might not, your church might not have a church online platform. You might not have created something in-house to allow you to stream live, but you can leverage Facebook live. You can leverage YouTube live and you can do that directly from your phone. So I've been encouraging churches start to think differently about how a service looks. It doesn't have to be a welcome three or four songs, a message, and then a, a host saying goodbye to everybody. What if it was just a pastor sitting in their bedroom or in their lounge room giving a 10-minute talk on Sunday and then have your worship teams produce worship from their homes and stream it live somewhere else? Like that's one of the things we've been doing at North Point. As, as big as we are, the most, uh, the, one, of the, one of the most beneficial things we've been doing is we're having our worship leaders stream live worship from their home to YouTube a YouTube channel every single night at 8 p.m. And they only do three or four songs. They pray, they offer a word of encouragement. They let people know we're in this with you. Let's sing a couple of songs because we believe that, you know, uh, music can bring encouragement and inspiration. So we want to sing a couple of songs and then, then they're out. And we're getting so much great traction from that because it's not overproduced. These are literally being filmed on their iPhones. The audio coming in is from their iPhones. So I think we need to shift, shift our thinking away from the big production side of things and more towards a smaller, what does it look like if we just do it on our iPhones? What if we use a, a vlogging camera or a GoPro? Um, you know, we're, we're entering a world, a lot of churches are entering this world of live streaming for the very first time. And it's important for them to know that the average length of a video on YouTube, the most watched platform in the world, the second biggest search engine in the world is four minutes and 20 seconds. What are we going to do when we hit them with a 35, 40, maybe even 50 minute message? Like that's just going to be so unheard of. So we need to use, like I said before, leverage this time of isolation to get creative and start thinking about how we can do things in a different way. That's what I think should, needs to be the biggest shift. And I th I'm hoping, and, and from the churches I'm speaking to, they're starting to make that shift away from events-based, more towards media production and media distribution more than anything else. Two of the ways we did that as well, Dave, was... The question we, I'll throw out for any... You want me to jump in for one second? The, the, I use the TED Talk as the example, right? It's 18 minutes. Like they, They've cracked that nut for a reason. And so like in terms of trying to reach you know, high-caliber content to highly intellectual people, if, if we're trying to do beyond that, we're going to really have a hard time doing that. Um, the other thing, in terms of creative ways, like you're talking about, Dave, of repackaging the experience... Um, it, it may, who knows? It probably was North Point. A number of years ago, there was the, the digital worship, right? Everybody record themselves 
Hey, like that's that's an, a great. This is a great time to reprise that because people are literally at home and can do that. And then again, it's a how do we worship in this new time? I might not be worshiping live in an auditorium with people, but if I'm recording myself and putting it in, this is a way for me to con- to in a very tangible way contribute to the experience as well, and not just be a passive viewer. Yeah, and we're seeing uh, secular people do this constantly. You know, John Legend did a thing last night where he streamed uh, some music from his home and got millions of views. Chris Martin from Coldplay did it a couple of nights before that and got millions of views. This is this is where and, and forgot the lyrics the too, world, which was great. We in the church world need to be on the front end of this and leveraging this time to be as creative as possible and to rethink the way that we do things. Yes, cut it from a forty-five minute message to an eighteen-minute TED talk, or even better, cut it to a five minute YouTube video and and put that content out every day, Monday through Friday. One message split up into five pieces that you're repurposing on purpose and then leverage Facebook groups to do your small groups, leverage Zoom to do your small groups. Like there's so many different ways we could do this, but we have to get out of that mindset that a church service looks exactly like this pre-packaged evangelical uh, bucket that we've always had it in. We have to shift our thinking. So question for you, anyone who can answer this, do you feel, and maybe it's a gut feeling thing. Do you feel like the polished service that some churches can produce or some others are now trying to produce? Do you think that feels a little bit tone deaf in light of a time of crisis? Do you think people would rather see a raw thing than a polished thing right now? I think uh, people have wanted to see that for years not just right now. They've wanted to see it for years. You look at the people who are getting the most video views in the world. They're vloggers who are literally holding a camera as they're walking through New York. It's not about polish anymore. It's not about, I think that we in the capital C church world have been so focused on the production value that it sometimes gets in the way of our message. And, and we need to go back to just being raw, just being real, just saying, hey, you know what? Because I'm stuck in quarantine exactly the same way that you are. And I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm fearful and I'm anxious about what's going to happen. But you know what? I believe that what Jesus said 2,000 years ago, that the kingdom of God is near. I, I still believe that. I believe the kingdom of God is now is here now, regardless of whether or not I can go outside. Like that sort of raw that sort of raw approach, I think, is what's going to cut through in, at this time. Uh, Katie, what are you seeing? Uh, you, you're moderating questions on a church communications Facebook group. We, we did a whole episode on the group uh, a few months back on the podcast, yeah. but uh, what are you seeing as, que- I mean, you can't, you're moderating all these questions that are coming in from big churches, small churches all over. What are you seeing as themes? Wh- what do people need help with? And is there a question that we should be answering here today that you're seeing on the the groups that we haven't talked about yeah the number one thing has really been live streaming which i think we've all talked about today like how do we do it and i just want to reiterate what dave said it does not have to be perfect please just do it from your phone don't buy a bunch of expensive equipment and waste your money that's not good for the church to be spending all this money on equipment when you could be helping people instead and so i would much rather you give that money to somebody who needs it, a family that needs it um, rather than spend the money on the equipment so please hear that and then too, um, you know, I think in the group, a lot of people are asking questions about how do we connect with our elderly during this time? And I've recommended freeconferencecall.com um, using Zoom that has a conference call number so that they can call in and hear the sermon. Uh, maybe even do a conference call with them uh, once a week, once a day, um, just because I know that the elderly have to be, I mean, obviously I'm stressed. So how much more so are they stressed, right? Um, and so if we could do conference calls with them, I think that would probably be the best bet doing phone chains where you all call each other. You check in on each other, bringing back the old school phone chain. Uh, there's also phone tree software that, you know, does automatic calling. But I think the old school phone chain where it's still a human being calling at the end of the day, is, it's good. Um, I think that's the, those are the two biggest things that a lot of people are doing in small groups. How do we do small groups, right? And then like, how do you even um, host a small group. Like, what does that look like on zoom? I'm like, it's the same thing. It looks like in person, you just start talking and then y'all, st- and then you stop talking. I don't know. There's not much of a difference. I think people are just so used to being in one medium 
And I'm like, it's really not that different. Just, uh, it just looks a little different. So don't be afraid to do your small group online. Please do it because people need it right now. They need some light in the darkness. And two, I've seen some great things come out of our group. There's been two, three groups now, I think started for caring for your community. Like there's this Neela needs community. It's Northeastern Louisiana needs. And they have been helping their community with needs and like bartering and uh, offers and people helping each other. And they actually got on the news last night. It's been huge. There's a care mongering group in Kennesaw, Georgia, that's been helping a lot of people. I saw where one woman said she needed um, formula. And then I think within 24 hours, she got 12 bottles of formula on her front uh, porch. And so that's where the church can really be the church, right? Is creating these kind of Facebook groups where people can help each other. I know that they're hard to moderate, but that Neela Needs group has 4,000 members in it, and it's only been 48 hours now. And so people really are needing a lot of stuff during this time. But I think how awesome it is that a church owns these spaces and that we can direct these conversations um, back to the gospel and give hope when we can. So, Amen. That's really good, Katie. I love yeah, good. what I love about that is it doesn't all have to be online, right? We don't have to do everything digitally. There's still physical things the church can do to be the church in the community. Do it, do you know, go around and toilet paper your neighborhood. Like not in the old school that we do in New Jersey, Kenny. I'm talking about <laughs> it, it, you know, send out a Facebook group in your community and if somebody needs toilet paper, have the followers of Jesus go out and give toilet paper away to people who actually need it. This is my hope from this season. I think if we, if we as the capital C church, once this is all over and there is another side to this, right? It's, it's going to end at some point and we will get to the other side. But if the capital C church just goes back to doing church the way we've always done it, that's a loss. My hope in all of this is that at the end of this year, that people will look back and they will say, Hey, do you remember when we went through that coronavirus thing? And how good was it that the followers of Jesus were the ones who were the most generous, who were the most open, who were the most loving and caring people in the community? You know, I might not believe what they say about Bible. I, I might not agree with what they say about that Jesus guy that they follow, but man, they were the best people in our community at a time of the highest amount of need. That would be my hope. And that's got nothing to do with live streaming or production or leveraging technology to stay connected with people. Yeah. Kenny, you're connected to churches all over America and beyond. Um, you're connected to the church in, Korea, in South Korea as well. And I'm curious to know, just in a, in, a, in a local or more international way, what are, do you have some other examples? Like Katie's just offered a few ideas. I love this idea of toilet paper in your neighborhood. Um, what, have you seen some things that people could, could be inspired by and then apply in their own context? How, what, how is, what, what is the church doing that you're seeing? You know, one of the things that um, it's come up in a couple different conversations with churches, um, and um, one of the things that the church forgets sometimes, and, and I'm all for all this creative stuff that we should become. I, I'm preaching. We should the church should reclaim the the public square, um, and we should be the go to place for things. And this is the time for us to reclaim that. Um, however. Um, in trying to be anything and everything to all people, I think we need to still be strategic and not just opportunistic because we have limited resources bandwidth. But one of the things that we still need to do is you need to act like the church and people are looking to um, their faith and spirituality um, during times of crisis like this. And one of the most simple things that I'm seeing that is very effective is prayer lines, prayer offerings for prayer, right? So either Facebook Live, uh, YouTube Live, um, even like a phone call, like like Katie said earlier. I don't know if you know, but freeconferencecall.com, the overwhelming majority of voice traffic on those conference calls are not for business executives and things like that. It's for Christians and prayer lines. Um, that's a fascinating dynamic that I don't think people understand that the voice is still there. It's important. It's, it's, you know, we, we, we go for the digital iPhone first, but so much of our communities um, don't need the, the video, the high def and all that kind of stuff that we, this has been a theme in today's call. We don't need to overproduce. Um, so anyway, that type of thing I think is um, act like the church, um, do a, do a morning devotional, whether it be a conference call, a zoom call, a Facebook live, 
you guys as church leaders publish devotionals all the time. Um, just the simple act of waking up and reading it with your community, I think is really something that's, that could be powerful. A pr- again, a prayer uh, offering of prayer um, support is something that you'll be surprised um, what, what to do. And not just of your church members asking people that you meet, um, even in the grocery store, when you have to go to the grocery store or those essential needs that you're out and about, asking for people that I believe in prayer, is there something I can pray for you? I've never met someone that said no and <laughs> walked away. So um, act like the church, be the church, you are the church. D- Dave, you said something earlier on that intrigued me because I think we're going to forget it, is what, what are the things we're doing right now that's a win? And how do we lock it in our brain? Because we will forget and our default will be business as usual. And I, I appreciate you bringing up that conversation because we will not recall that unless we, we, we state it emphatically now. The two, two wins I've seen um, during this time is one, um, pastors leveraging their own personal platforms to engage people spiritually in a pastoral sense, where it's not just, I'm waiting for the live stream to go out for my official church. I'm doing it myself as well. You're hearing from me. I've seen a lot of pastors do that. And it's a beautiful thing. My concern is this is all going to go away and that is going to stop. And them having a public voice, you talk about like, you know, um, seeding stuff to the public realm and, and losing some of the spiritual ground that we've gained. I'm concerned that we will do that. And then the other thing too, is I've seen a lot of church, church partnerships here where you're struggling, I'm struggling. How do we help each other out during this season? It's been beautiful. My concern is going back to business as usual, and it's a competition instead of a cooperation. Uh, One of the small ways in which we've done that here for smaller, we have a broadcast campus. Um, Some churches don't know how to even record their message, let alone stream it. We've opened up our broadcast campus and said, hey, come to, come on site. Um, And while the quarantine is yet to hit us, and we'll make our facility available. We'll make our production staff available. We'll capture your message. We'll give it to you and we'll coach you and train you on how to get it up to speed on some basic platforms. And that's been, been a beautiful thing for it, uh, for us to see and leverage our resources to help other churches in that way and vice versa. We're leaning on other churches who have unique resources that we don't have. I want to see that continue once this whole thing dies down. That's been a beautiful thing. Um, so in the midst of this, I'm curious to know how maybe on a personal level with your own family, um, or just general, like how, how are you caring for yourself? I mean, we're all leading, but also going through it. Um, so, you know, what can you say? Like, you know, let's be real with people. How, how are you? And, and what would you say to other people (laughs) who are also going through this, you know, in that same way and to leaders who are feeling it and dealing with it? And leading it. Yeah, have grace with yourself for sure. Um, because And it's okay to grieve the fact that you're missing out on a lot of normal things in life right now. Um, I'm single, so I live by myself completely. Don't have a roommate. Don't have anybody really. Haven't seen anybody in a while. Um, and I just had to like grieve the loss of human interaction. Um, and that's okay. And uh, I also had to like turn off I had to like stop looking at social media and I am social media, you know, like I, that's what I do. Like, that's what I do really well, but I just had to stop looking at it. Um, and take some time. And I also signed up for betterhelp.com, the counseling app, because I was like, this is not normal. Like what we're going through is not normal. And I was like, I feel like I need some help personally to get through it. So I was like, it's okay to admit that you need some help to, and you need somebody to talk through with it, even if you're a leader. Right. Uh, and people are looking to you for answers. Um, just give yourself some grace for that, for sure. For for uh, for pastoral staff uh, or anybody that has, f- thank you for that, Katie. I think it's, I love your vulnerability there. Uh, to be vulnerable on my side is making sure you care for your family as well. This has been a crazy um, week for anybody who works in the church. And to be honest, I haven't been there enough for my family. My wife is doing double duties. She's still. She's still working and she's now become a homeschooling parent and I've been missing, missing in action. And so I think for, for pastors to say, Jesus is still on the throne. There's only so much I, I can do for the organization. I got to care for my family as well. Um, I have some backfilling to do this week in relationship to that. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of other um, staff with families that have to do that as well. 
Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I don't know if anyone else, if anyone else is welcome to add to it if you'd like, but um, yeah, we are all going through it. Uh, we all have, you know, people who require us to care for them, whether those are children or elderly people or just people, you know, in our own networks, we are all carers, but we also need care. And so, you know, even I just heard Carrie Newhoff today, he just basically said, everybody go to bed early tonight. <laughs> you have stuff to do, but like maybe just go to bed. Like, because we need to, uh, this is a long, this is a, not a, a sprint. It's a classic cheesy metaphor. It's a marathon, not a sprint, but it's true. Like we have a long road ahead here and we need to, to make sure that we're being caring for ourselves so that we can care for others. Cause it's, um, yeah, there's these waves of anxiety that come in it as we read the news or get new information and recognize day by day, how this is changing our world. Yeah, um, I, before we I move agree. on, Dave, do you want to say, yeah. Yeah, I agree, Joanna. That's, and that's such good, um, that, that's such good, not just information, but transformational sort of language to be using. Um, Katie, man, my, I, I just, I'm going to be praying for you. Like seriously, um, sometimes we get so caught up in what's going on in our world, especially for all of us. We're in church, uh, we're in church world, but we're also specifically in church communications and, and technology. And so I know that this has been the Super Bowl for us this week because we've all been, uh, you know, working around the clock. I know I've been doing, you know, 15 hour days. And, and to Ben's point, I know that I have to backfill with my family, um, but I'm dealing with stress as well with having three kids now. My daughter daughter just came back off the mission field um, and we had to rush her back into the country just to get her here. And she had to fly this week from Thailand to LA, LA to LA. And just the stress that was involved with all of that, then add to that lack of sleep. Um, you know, it's a stressful time. Um, but it's funny, we get so caught up in, in processing what we need to do that we don't focus on what we need to do, right? We get so caught up following the steps of Jesus that we miss the stops of Jesus. And so carrying Newhoff's, maybe, maybe for him it was a throwaway thing, but, you know, I know that he really values the idea of rest and restoration. And so I'm going to make a commitment to you guys and to everybody and I want you all to keep me accountable to this. I know Kenny will 100% keep me accountable, but I'm going to go to bed early tonight and I'm going to switch off and I'm going to have some time with just my family. And I'm going to use that time also to just be praying for you, Katie. Um, you know, I can't imagine what this must be like just being at home on your own. And so I'm going to be praying for you throughout this weekend. And if there's anything that we can do to support you, um, it, you know, I'll drive to, to Alabama and, and drop off some TP if I need to. Um, but like, seriously, just, I, I just want you to know that I appreciated your vulnerability there and that um, I'm going to be praying for you. Yeah, well, thank you. I definitely appreciate it. Um, I On that note, this is my call to action. I, I mentioned to people that I had a call to action for everyone. I've been doing this on every podcast I've been on in the last, I mean, because yeah, it's been like the Super Bowl for us, really, honestly, um, because people are like, oh, this thing that you've been telling us to do for years, you're, <laughs> we have to do it now. <laughs> and, um, but my primary, I think that our primary strategy for sharing the gospel is prayer. Because we, people believe that we have this, and we do, and we do, people believe and we know that we have this automatic connection to God. And it's so extremely cool. And so uh, my call to action for everybody who's listening to this podcast, uh, for y'all on on this call, um, is to ask, what can I be praying for you on your personal profiles and actually writing out your prayers? Um, if you can, if it's not, you know, 500 people, um, then try to write them out physically because people don't know how to pray for themselves, um, let alone during all the stress. So it's nice to read a prayer. Um, we know that's nice to read prayers. So there's a whole book of prayers, right? Psalm and all this stuff is, is books of prayers. And so, uh, I think actually asking what can I be praying for you on your personal profiles, texting all of your friends and asking what I can be praying for is, is going to be our greatest witness throughout this time. Um, so that's my call to action for today. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's so simple. And yet so often 
like the last thing we get to because we're busy with all the tasks. Um, my last question as we're closing out, I know some of you are going to be um, signing off as we do this. Thanks so much for your insights, your wisdom, everyone. If you got to go, it's okay. But the last question I have is particularly, there's lots of vulnerabilities right now, but for a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they're in that, uh, that vulnerability around losing income. Um, and they're, uh, you know, whether they're an entrepreneur or they're a, you know, a creative, they're a freelance worker serving church. Um, and even just if you're in some churches, they're going to maybe have to cut however long this may be. There's fear of losing your job, even if it's a salaried job. So there, this is a real fear and vulnerability. Um, maybe you want to speak to that if you want to get real, you know, about that with your own life, if that's something you or your family are thinking about right now. But the other side of it is how do we not be, we need to make money and, and our job, this is the Super Bowl for us. This is like our stuff, but how do we not be opportunistic about it? Like do it in the wrong way. How, how can people who are afraid they're going to lose money start to pivot and make more money if they, or try to make money in new ways without being gross about it? You were breaking up. Was that directed to me or uh, oh, since, sorry. since nobody else was um, responding, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, anybody can answer. I'm just curious if you have any advice to the entrepreneurs. Maybe Kenny could speak to this. Uh, the idea, Kenny, of how to not be gross by while still trying to make money because we need money. Yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, um, I think, I mean, that, that's another call that we should dive into because I think that is a need that um, people are afraid to talk about right now. Um, and one of the things that I would counsel people is if you focus on radical generosity and understanding the needs of your people, um, I think the, the biggest, I guess the best advice I can say is everyone has needs right now. Be very strategic and focus on the needs of the audience that you're trying to do business with. Um, and then don't ask them for money right now, but demonstrate how relevant you are and increase the trust with them in this period. You will be rewarded with that relationship later. So um, that's the biggest thing. Radical generosity but you just need to be shrewd and strategic about it and focus on the audience that you're trying to eventually have a transactional relationship with. That's awesome, Kenny. I really like that. That's so great. Yeah, so really well good. Put. Really Such practical. a great way to put it. This is not a time for us to be building a business, right? This is time for us to be um, helping our community. Um, so Kenny, that was so well put. Uh, yeah, can Ben, can you speak to this as, as a voice from the church side? I mean, you're in a full-time salaried leadership position in church. Uh, what are you seeing as a way um, your church is responding to this on the financial realities of what, how this will affect churches? Uh, there's a lot in terms of the, from a staffing perspective, like every organization out there that you're having to reassess what is needed and what is not needed. Um, you're trying to move more of your physical assets to your dis digital assets. Um, I'll say this as well. Some we we're in some partnership. We, we have, um, seven local sites and 10 global ones where we have been in some conversations with churches for the past couple of weeks and months, uh, and just in terms of the possibility of a merger, mm -hmm. um, that are looking that maybe closing up shop and looking to give their building away to another church that we would continue the work of God on their site. And so we're in those conversations. Some of those conversations have sped up because of we're, we're looking at new financial realities. Um, what I, what I would, so what I'd say to churches that may be coming through this on the lean side of things is start to look ar around already now of churches that you may want to partner with down the road. We're saying, hey, we don't know if we can be financially um, solvent coming out of this, but I really love what Church X does down the street, and I would love to partner with them. I don't know what that partnership looks like, but at least to have that perspective and to think through, instead of saying, if we close our, our doors and nothing happens here, there's a loss for the kingdom. What could be a gain for the kingdom in terms of a partnership? Um, I would encourage those churches to start thinking that way, hoping for the best, but planning for the worst in relationship to the financial realities that may hit them. 
Everyone, we're going to wrap the call uh, at the top of the hour here. Thank you so much. Um, there's so much that was just said in here. Uh, I'm going to pull some notes in the show notes to give some highlight headlines of what everyone has said. I'll connect everyone to you guys on uh, the social so they can find more of you and what you're saying right now and follow along with just really practical advice. And I love that the conversation also leaned today into some real talk around how we're doing with this. So um, I'm going to close off the call after we cut here. I'm going to close off the call with some prayer, but thank you. Appreciate you and praying for you all and all your work uh, as you quarterback this Super Bowl of media and communications in the world right now. Thanks everyone. Thanks Joanna. Ben, Katie, Kenny, Dave, thanks so much for your time in such a busy week. Just uh, great to get some insight from them. I love what Dave said about events-based organizations are now media distribution companies. Are you paying attention? You are now, if you are the communications or creative person, you're now like the quarterback of this team. Uh, You are going to help lead the way and uh, help transition your organization, transition uh, your own work as well if you're working by yourself into this media distribution company away from events. So continuing to pray for you. As I said at the end of the call, my intention was to pray with you and to pray for you. I have a, a simple prayer. This comes from the Church of England. And it's actually, so the Church of England is, of course, a global church, the Anglican Church, Episcopal Church. And this is a um, from the Church of South India. And I thought if, if there are people who know more about um, dealing with more regular pain or suffering in their in their country. I mean, certainly there's something for us to learn from people in India who've been through, in South India, they've been through lots of, um, you know, just natural disasters and economic hardships and all kinds of things. So I bring you this prayer. I invite you now, if you're still listening, to... Um, to just stop, actually stop and pray this with me. Put your phone down or or if you're able to open your hands or just pause for a few moments. And here's a prayer um, from the Church of South India for all of us at this time. God, our Father, by whose mercy the world turns safely into darkness and returns again to light, we place in your hands our unfinished tasks, our unsolved problems, and our unfulfilled hopes, knowing that only what you bless will prosper. To your love and protection, we commit each other and all those we love, knowing that you alone are our sure defender through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God bless you, my friends out there in the digital world this week. Whatever you may face, God be with you and God give you creativity and courage to Uh, to tell people the best news in the world of Jesus Christ, the great hope in all circumstances. See you next time. Bye.